Well, to quickly review where we've spent last week and what we're building on this week, your path will determine your place. Your path will determine your place always. Your path more than your plans and your prayers will determine the places that you arrive in life. That no matter what your hopes and dreams and plans and goals and things that you're praying for, you will end up in the places that your path leads to that's true in your marriage in your dating life and those and those things are connected by the way you'll, you'll experience in marriage the results of the past that you chose while dating that's some free advice right there it's true when it comes to your finances it's true when it comes to your time it's true when it comes to your life as a parent true in your career true in your education your friendships it's true everywhere in life now that should lead us as we talked about last week that should actually lead us to two great questions moving forward number one is how do you know what path to take like you're facing situations, you're trying to figure out paths, like, like I'm, I'm facing this thing and I've never faced this before, so how do I know which path I should take? The second question is this, what do you do if it dawns on you that you're walking on the wrong path? Now, let's be honest, those are two really big questions in life, and if it's true that our path determines our place, those might just be two of the biggest questions in life, questions we should be giving a lot more thought to than we actually do. It should lead us to questions like this, well, how do you know if a second date or becoming exclusive with this person is the right path? How do you know if switching majors or transferring colleges is the right path? How do you know if renting or buying is the right path for your housing? How do you know if your relationship with alcohol is healthy or moving toward unhealthy? How do you know if taking this job is moving in the right direction? How do you know if a second marriage is the right path after or, or direction to go after a divorce? How do you know if a if, if you're on a healthy path with your mental health? How do you know if you're on a good path with your physical health? How do you know if you're choosing the right path with parents who are aging? Are you on the right path with your retirement? Are you on a good path with the people that you spend your time with outside of work? How do you know if the way that you're parenting is the right path? How do you know if you're taking out the right amount of student loans? How do you know what's wise when it comes to financing, finances and investing? Now, Here's the thing, all of those and a hundred other examples are big decisions of which path you will walk in life. And when you're choosing the path, often you are making a decision and choosing a path when you've never walked that path before. You know where you want to end up. You know where you want to go. You know where you're praying to end up. You know where you're hoping to end up. But you don't know how to recognize the path because let's be honest, you've never walked the path before. So where do you get the wisdom to choose the right path when you've never had to choose a path like this before in all those different areas of life? And a, a, a few thoughts here on where we get the wisdom to choose the path. Number one is wisdom comes from God, not your gut. Wisdom comes from God, not your gut. I've got good instincts. Some of us go like, I've got good instincts. I've always had good instincts. My gut has never led me astray. I've got good instincts. Probably not, okay? Your gut may have guessed right once, but that doesn't mean your gut is always right or your gut is ever right. God is always right and God is always wise. He is the source of all wisdom as the creator of the world. He's the one who set everything into motion. He is wise above and before and beyond everything. His word is always true and his word is always wise. Wisdom comes from God, not your gut. Wisdom, secondly, comes through evaluated experiences. Well, here, here's the thing. I, I so want to put experience here. wanted to just put experience here that we get wisdom from experience, but let's be honest. We do not get wise just from having experienced something. Experience alone doesn't actually teach us anything. You can have a whole lot of life experiences and still learn nothing and still have learned nothing. You can have made all the mistakes in the world and still be making more because you have never evaluated why you're making those mistakes and what is leading you to make those decisions. Knowing what you chose and what happened last time 
is not actually a guarantee that next time we'll go any better. It's when we actually evaluate our experiences that we get wiser from what we've experienced in life. When we ask, well, why did that happen? Well, why did I choose that? Why did I choose this? And why did that happen as a result of that choice? It's when we evaluate our experiences that we become wiser. And then finally, wisdom comes through wise elders. Again, here, I wanted to just put elders, but let's be honest, we all know people who are elder who are not actually wiser, right? I mean, like, we know people who are elder and have a whole lot of stories and have a whole lot of crazy experiences and have a whole lot of stories to go, oh, this one time when I... But let's be honest, they are not actually wiser, for one, because they never evaluated their experiences, and for number two, because... Their experiences didn't actually, don't actually help us to become wiser. They've got stories, they've got gray hair, and they've got advice, but they don't have the wisdom that's supposed to come with the gray hair. We want to make sure that we're seeking out wise elders, people who have actually learned along the course of, of life, who have walked the path successfully before us and know how to give wisdom to help us choose the right path uh, for, for ourselves. Now, everything I said might just be helpful, but here's what you and I both know. You can go to God, you can learn from your experiences, and you can seek wisdom from your elders, and you can still feel completely unconfident when trying to get to a place while choosing a path that you have never walked before, which means from time to time, and maybe a lot of the time, you're going to to pick a path and then wake up one day to realize you're on the wrong path or perhaps you're on a dangerous path or you're on a path that leads somewhere you never wanted to end up. And so the question that we're going to ask today is the second question. The question that we're going to answer today is the second question. What do you do when it dawns on you that you have chosen a path leading to the wrong place? What do you do when you when it dawns on you that you have chosen a path that leads to a dangerous place, that leads to a dangerous place for your marriage, that leads to a dangerous place for your career, that leads to a dangerous place for your mental health, that leads to a dangerous place for many different areas of life? And to answer that question, we have got a phenomenal verse from the book of Proverbs from, from the same man who wrote the passage that we looked at last week from Solomon. Just a single verse today. And if you've paid attention to my preaching for any part of the last couple of years, this verse probably won't come as a surprise. This is one of those verses that like I have been teaching over and over and over again for years because of its simplicity. It's matched, it's matched only by its power. I've been teaching this for years as a student pastor, as a youth pastor, as a kids pastor, as, an, as, as a pastor of a church. Now, this is what Solomon wrote about what wise people do when they realize they are on the wrong path. Here's what he said. The prudent sees danger and takes refuge. But the simple keep going and suffer for it. The prudent sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. Now, here's what's so amazing about it. This is just a, a single verse, but there is so much to unpack here. There's so much beautiful wisdom here. The prudent is a word for the wise. The prudent is the wise. The prudent is the wise person. The simple is the unwise or the foolish person. And in this, in, in this one little verse, Solomon unpacks for us the difference between wise and unwise people when they see that they are on the wrong path. It's the same trigger, it's different responses, and very different results. What Solomon says the wise person does is that the wise person understands that life is connected and they live based off of that understanding. They understand that there is a cause and an effect. Understands that if I see danger and I keep walking toward the danger, I am probably gonna end up experiencing the danger. And so if I don't want to experience the danger, I have to make a change before I experience the danger. They understand that life is often linear, that we're at A, we move to B, 
This is probably going to go to C if we're not careful. And I see danger at E. So we got to change, change course. We got to change direction in light of where I want to end up someday. In light of the fact that I don't want to experience what lies ahead on this path, I need to take cover. I need to change direction. I need to make a change today. That's what Solomon says the wise person does. The wise person understands that life is connected and they live life according to that understanding. In contrast, the foolish person either does not understand or certainly does not act based on that understanding. They may see it, they may understand it, but they do not act as if that's true. They act as if life is disconnected. I'm at point A, we went to point B, we went to point C, it looks like we're heading to point D and there's danger at point E, but let's hope that we don't actually experience the danger at point E when we get like, they act as if life is disconnected. The foolish people are people who are driving toward a brick wall, but they don't think they need to hit the brakes, and then they're surprised when they crash into a brick wall. The foolish are people who jump off a bridge over a river and then are surprised to find themselves wet. They think things like, well, just because this happened the last four times I went there doesn't mean it's going to happen this time. I mean, like, we, we, like what, what makes you think that it's not going to happen? Well, I don't know. Anything could happen. Or they think, just because the last time we got, we got together blank happened doesn't mean it's going to happen this time. I mean, Solomon says, look, the wise person understands that life is connected and they make decisions and they act in their life according to that understanding. The foolish person either doesn't understand or doesn't act on the understanding that life is here. They think life is disconnected. They think life is unpredictable. They think they can't see things coming down the road and that if they see things coming down the road, that what's on the other end of the path isn't necessarily going to happen to them. But as we talked about last week, your path will determine your place. Your path will determine what you experience. If something is on your path, you will experience what is on your path. The prudent sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going and they suffer for it. Now here's the trigger. The trigger is they got on the wrong path and they see danger ahead. They see danger ahead. That's the trigger. What do you do when you see danger? They see danger ahead. Here's what it looks like and feels like to see danger in your everyday life. Sometimes it's a pressure you feel where all of a sudden you look ahead and you're like, every time I get around these, I just feel this pressure. It maybe it's realizing that when you're out with that group of people, you pretend and you hide who you really are. You put your faith to the back burner. You don't dare, you, like you start making jokes that you, that you disagree, that you start to hide and you pretend to be someone that you are not when you get around those people and you feel uncomfortable and you feel like that's going to lead you somewhere dangerous. And guess what? It's going to lead you somewhere dangerous. Maybe it's looking at your credit card account and realizing that you spent too much seven out of the last eight months and you don't really have a plan to pay it off. You look ahead, you go, if we keep spending like this, we're going to like, th this leads to somewhere that is no good. It's waking up halfway through a semester of school and realizing that you're significantly behind on every project you have. Going like, there's actually not enough semester for me to catch up on all of this. If I continue the way I am, I'm just going to finish the semester failing every class and not finishing any of my projects. It's a significant other snapping at you in a way that legitimately made you feel unsafe. You go, if I continue down the road with this person, I feel unsafe right now. Where does this go? It's finding yourself thinking and doing things that seem out of character for yourself and your thought life. And in this small little verse, there's actually an encouraging and an important truth here. Well-intentioned wise people end up on the wrong path all the time. I mean, Solomon says, the prudent see danger. 
Well, why does the prudent see danger? Because they're on a path that leads to danger, which means by accident or whatever happened, they actually chose the wrong path. They got on the wrong path. That you can be wise and you can be well-intentioned and you can be a good person and you can be a godly person and you can still end up on the wrong path. This should actually make us feel really freed up because the good news is that ending up on the wrong path doesn't make you dumb. It doesn't make you stupid. It doesn't mean you're unwise. It doesn't mean you're ungodly. It doesn't mean you're not trying. Ending up on the wrong path simply means you chose the wrong path, and that happens to everyone. See, well-intentioned people end up in loads of financial debt, just like unintentional people. Wisdom-seeking people end up taking jobs that make them miserable, just like foolish people. Wise people end up in marriages that don't seem healthy, just like foolish people. People who love Jesus end up with difficult relationship with their kids, just like foolish people, okay? The defining mark of wisdom, this is so important, the defining mark of wisdom is not getting everything right, right away, but is your response when you get it wrong. Solomon would say this, the defining mark of wisdom is not getting everything right, right away, but is your response when you get it wrong. See, you are not defined by the fact that you got on the wrong path. You are defined by what you do next. Solomon says wise people end up on the wrong path and foolish people end up on the wrong path. But what distinguishes the wise from the foolish is what they do when they realize they're on the wrong path. Solomon says lots of people, everyone at some point gets on a path and they look at the head and they look at themselves and they see, hey, there is danger ahead. There's danger ahead. And Solomon said, I can tell whether or not you're wise or foolish, wise or simple, prudent or simple, wise or foolish, by what you do when you see the danger. I can tell by your response. So what do wise people do when they see danger ahead on their path? They turn around. They seek cover. They don't take another step in the direction of the danger. They change. They do whatever it takes to avoid the danger on that path. They change direction. They repent. To use an old spiritual term, to use an old Christian word that we like to avoid nowadays, they repent. They change the direction. They say, I'm not walking another step on that path financially, on that path with my education, on that path with my relationships, on that path in my dating, on that path in my marriage, on that path with my relationships with my kids. I'm not taking another step on that path. I'm in fact, I'm turning around and I'm gonna choose a new path today. And anything less than that response, Solomon would say, makes a person simple and unwise. And to not choose that path when we see danger ahead is to, is to live in a way that we assume life is disconnected and we end up experiencing the danger that inevitably lies on the wrong path. Now, here's what you're thinking in response to that. You're thinking, well, I'm not simple. I'm 44 years old. I'm 52 years old. I'm 28. I am not simple in marriage. I've been married seven years. I've been married 16 years. And here's the thing, anytime you see a problem in the future, Solomon would say, anytime you see a problem on, ahead on the path that you are walking and you refuse to change direction and you refuse to change the path, Solomon says, and I'd agree with him, you are simple. You are foolish. You are unwise. Now, here's the thing. Again, we, we have so many ways that we deal with this and try to get around this. This is how religious people handle, handle this. Well, I feel guilty. 
I see the danger and I feel guilty because I chose the wrong path. And I feel conviction because I heard a sermon about it. And I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I prayed about it and I felt guilty and I felt conviction. And you know, I really ought to stop drinking. And you know, I really ought to, st- I really ought to break up with that person. And you know, I really ought to be a better husband. I really ought to be a better employer. I really ought to be a better employee. I really ought to not yell at my kids so much. I really should stop doing this. I really should. I I feel guilty about all the times I have. I feel conviction about the times where I got it wrong. I feel guilty. I feel conviction. And we feel guilty and we feel conviction and we assume that that means that we have changed direction. But here's the thing. Guilt and conviction are never substitutes for action. Guilt and, and conviction are never substitutes for action. Guilt and conviction are fine. They get you about halfway to actual change. But feeling guilty is not change. Feeling conviction is not change. Change happens when you actually do something to stop drinking, to break off that relationship, to be a better husband, to be a better employer, to be a, a better employee, to be a better student, to change your diet, to be a better mom or to be a, a better dad, to be more more. Uh, there with your kids, to be more present with your kids, to see, the prudent Solomon says, see danger and they do something. The simple see danger and they assume that they, because they felt conviction that they have avoided it, that because they felt guilt, they avoid it because that they have like seven years of marriage experience that they're going to avoid it. But the simple see danger, they feel convicted, but they keep on going. And the result is that they experience all the danger that they saw coming. See, here's the thing with this. The result of being prudent is that you look foolish. The result of being prudent is that you look foolish. Unfortunately, Solomon says the result of being simple is that you suffer. Let me break this down. This is a big deal, and this is why some of us haven't been prudent or unwise. We, we, we felt like we knew what we were supposed to do, but we felt like to act in the way that we were supposed to act, to change direction when, we, when nothing had really happened yet, when nothing had gone super wrong yet, would be to look foolish, and we didn't want to look foolish. See, we think we'll look foolish or silly for making such a big deal out of something that is not a big deal yet, right? You know, I don't need to worry about my drinking. It's not like I've ever gotten in a car accident because of my drinking. Okay. Well, I don't need to have a conversation with that coworker about canceling plans. It's not like anything has ever actually happened between us. Well, we don't need to do anything drastic with our finances. It's not like the bill collectors are calling. I mean, here's the thing. To wait until those things have happened is to wait until you are experiencing the danger. To put this principle into practice, you will most likely do some things that look drastic to the outside world. And only you will know the danger and the heartache that you actually avoided because nothing has actually happened yet. You haven't experienced the danger yet. You haven't bumped into the danger zone. But to not do something is to be simple and is to choose to suffer. It's to choose to wait until you experience the danger to try to change. But by the time you're experiencing the danger, it is too late to avoid it and you will suffer for it. Now, here's why this principle matters so much. There are points of no return on every path. I mean, I like just because of what I've known and what I've seen from some people across my life and some friends that I've had, there are points of no return on every path where people have warned you, where people said, if you don't stop, this is what's gonna happen. There are times where a husband and wife has said, look, if you don't stop, 
I don't know that our relationship can continue in the same way. There are points of no return on every path. There are, in other words, there are points where none of your options are good. If you hit 60 with no retirement account, you have very few good options. When you're pregnant, that is not the time to evaluate, do I really love this guy? I mean, like once you're addicted, that's not the time to think, boy, I should be more disciplined. Once your employer has found out that you cut corners on projects, being honest from now on may not actually be enough to keep your job. If you've been cutting corners for years and years and years, and you've been taking a little bit off the top, like at the end, like being on, like I said, like promising to be honest, it may not be enough to keep your job. Once you can't afford the monthly payments is not the time to evaluate whether you're spending too much. I mean, here's the thing. When it comes to relationships, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to people outside of our marriage, sometimes having influence within our marriage, you never evaluate a relationship based on where it is. You evaluate based on where it is going because as I said last week, relationships are never neutral. Friendships are never neutral. Uh, accountability partners are never neutral. Coworkers and people that you spend time with outside of work are never neutral. And so I would just say this for some of us, like if you're married, but more and more time and more and more attention is going to a person that you are not married to, like, look, you are on a dangerous path. And if you don't change, you will find yourself in a place where there is no good option. You will find yourself possibly in a place where there is no point, where you are past the point of return. You will find yourself experiencing the danger that you saw coming, but you chose to be simple and to be foolish and to be unwise with your relationships, to be unwise with your finances, to be unwise with your parenting, and you found yourself in a place of no return. But that does not have to be your story. If you look ahead and you see danger, Solomon says, the prudent sees danger and they take refuge and they turn and they repent and they change and they refuse to walk one more step in the direction of the danger. So here's the thing. As we talk about this, here, here's, here's some things that you, if you put this into practice, there are four dynamics that I think you'll experience at some point along the way. You'll experience, you have to take a step of action. You have to take a step of action. You have to end that relationship. You have to sell something maybe. You have to get counseling. You might have to get a second job to pay for the things that you bought that you couldn't afford. You may have to change the way you parent, change your approach in your parenting. You're going to have to take some action. The second dynamic is that you may experience some sacrifice. You may have to give something up. Chances are, if you have walked towards danger and you've gotten close enough to the danger that you can see it, you, in order to actually move away from the danger, you may have to give something up. You may have to sacrifice something. You have to give something up. You might have to have, make a change that, is, that feels like a sacrifice in your time, in your money, in your lifestyle, in your friendship, in your romance, in your adventure. Like, like that you just may not experience some of the things that you want to experience for a while because you're making a change. For, for a lot of people, what I, especially young people who have experienced a lot of heartbreak and a lot of heartbreak and a lot of heartbreak and have kind of been serial daters over and over, dating, 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 a breakup, 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 breakup. One of the best changes that you can make is to actually intentionally put a pause on your dating life to allow healing to take place in your heart and in your mind, to change your patterns, to actually evaluate and take some time off from dating, to sacrifice the lifestyle, to sacrifice the time, like what you most naturally lean into so that you can come out of the other side healthy. But you might have to sacrifice something. The third thing that you're going to experience in this dynamic is this is why this is, why this is so difficult, is the word embarrassment. 
It's embarrassment. See, you will make decisions that you may not be able to fully explain to other people. You, you will make some decisions of like, hey, you know what? I, we're not going to tell them why we're not going out to, to eat with them, but we're just not going to go out to eat with them. We might not be able, like, we're going to end up looking kind of bad. And they, they might think we're having money problems. They might think we, not like, we, we don't like them. I don't know what they're going to think. We're just going to look a little bit silly for a while. Or you know what, like, you know, hey, we're, like, like, we're not going to be able to take the, we're not, we're not going on that vacation this year. Now, when I know we talked about it, I know, like, you know, people are going to, might, you know, are going to fill in the blanks with all kinds of things. We're like, we're going to deal with the embarrassment so we don't live with the danger of, of, of doing things that we know we can't afford. You're, you're going to live with some embarrassment. Embarrassment before you fall off the edge is better than dead in the water. This is just simply true. Embarrassment before you fall off the edge is better than dead in the water. This is when you, like, when you feel embarrassed, but you actually go and you have a conversation with a friend where you tell them about the things that you're thinking and the things that you're feeling that you know you shouldn't be thinking and you know you shouldn't be feeling and the temptations that you're dealing with that you don't want to deal with and you can't tell anybody else, but you actually go and you do the crazy, embarrassing thing of confessing it because confessing it on the side of embarrassment is better than, than it coming to light when you have already fallen off the edge of the cliff. You're going to experience some, some embarrassment, but finally, you're going to experience the dynamic of relief. And here's the thing. It may be a while before you get there. After, after there's action, after there's sacrifice, after there's embarrassment, there's going to be relief. And it may be a while before you get there, but here's what relief sounds and feels like. This is, I am so glad I did blank. Maybe it's, I'm so glad I did confess it. I'm so glad I decided to stop spending the way I had, I had spent it. I'm, I'm so glad that I decided to stop putting off the work in my classes. I'm so glad I decided to, to stop the way I was parenting and choose a gentler approach and a more patient approach with my children. I'm so glad I did. Or, or, or sometimes relief sounds like this. Can you imagine if I hadn't? Or can you imagine if we hadn't? Can you imagine if we hadn't gone to counseling? Could you imagine if I hadn't gotten help that I needed to deal with my anxiety? Can you imagine if I hadn't gotten the help to handle my spending? Can you imagine like if, if we had never had that conversation with that person? Could you imagine if we just ignored all the red flags and kept diving into spending time with that person? Can you imagine if we hadn't? Here's the thing. Relief will always sound like I'm so glad I did or I can't imagine what life would be like if we hadn't. At the end of the day, that's where you want to live. See, you will live with, it, with either regret or relief. Choosing to be prudent, the prudent person who sees danger and takes refuge and changes direction and seeks out a new path, the prudent person lives with relief. The simple person lives with regret. And we do not live with regret because of the things that we didn't see coming. Like no, like no one lives their life going like, oh my gosh, like I had no way to know this. I just chose the wrong path. And I, like, I, mean, like I just ended up there. We always live with regret about the things that we did see coming and didn't do anything about. The prudent sees danger, and because of their response, they live with relief. The simple keeps going, and they suffer for it, and they experience regret. And so here's the thing. As we close today, I want to, I want to teach you a prayer that I, I think that I, I've, I've been praying this prayer since I was 22 years old. And I, I, I very literally pray this prayer every single day in, in the morning as I get up before, before I go to bed at night. I pray this prayer every single day. God, give me eyes to see and the courage to act.
Like that's that's a really simple that's a really simple prayer. I don't think that could have a whole lot of power in your life. Absolutely has a ton of power in your life. God, give me eyes to see. In other words, God, give me eyes to see ahead on the path ahead, to see what lies on the path ahead, to see if I'm actually going in the right direction or if I'm going in the direction of some danger. And God. When I see that I'm going in the direction that leads to danger, when I've chosen a path that leads to some pain, when I've chosen a path that leads away from your purpose, when I've chosen a path that leads to disconnection with the people that I love the most, God, when I've chosen that path accidentally or when I've chosen it unintentionally, like when, I've seen, when I find myself on that path, God, would you give me not only the eyes to see it and know that it's there, would you give me the courage to act, the courage to change, the courage to find a new path, the courage to confess, the courage to stop spending the, the same way, the courage to stop that relationship, the courage to stop the flirting, the courage to stop spending time with that person, the courage to act and do something because the prudent see danger and they do something about it. The prudent see danger and they courageously act. The prudent see danger and they take action. The prudency danger, and they sacrifice. The prudency danger, and they don't care if they're embarrassed by it. They do something about it. And because they do something about it, they experience a life filled with relief. And here's the thing. That can be your experience. That when you look ahead and you see danger, when you look ahead and you see a red flag, when you look ahead and you see that you can't actually see what's coming, you can stop and you can change, and you can be what Solomon described as the prudent person, the wise person, the person who understands that life is connected, that if I keep walking on the path where the danger is, I will experience the danger, but I don't want to experience it. I want to change. I want to change direction. I want to change my path. I want to change so that I don't experience what lies ahead on this path, and if we'll do that, we can live as Solomon described, and we can be the person that Solomon described as wise. I want that for you. I want you to embrace the path, the principle of the path, and I want you to embrace the power that comes with understanding that the prudency danger and they take refuge. And because they take refuge, they experience the relief that God can bring as we follow his wisdom. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your grace for us. And God, thank you in this moment for the strong wisdom that you have for us. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word through Solomon. God, thank you for the wisdom that you have to offer us today that confronts us where every single one of us are because I think for many of us, we look ahead and there's danger on the path on some path that we're on. There's danger financially, there's danger relationally, there's danger in our marriages, there's danger in our careers, there's some pitfall that lies ahead of us. And God, I thank you for this important and incredibly powerful reminder that when we see danger ahead, we can change that when we see danger ahead, the wise person does change. So God, as I prayed and as I taught us all to pray, would you give us the eyes to see what lies ahead on the path ahead of us? And God, would you give us the courage to act based on what we see and to follow you and to search you out and to seek you out for wisdom and to seek out wise counsel and to seek out wise elders. And God, to, when, we, when we see danger ahead, God, to evaluate the experiences that actually led us to this place so that we won't make the same mistake again, so that we can choose a new and a better path that leads to everything that you have for us. God, that's what we want. So God, help us to be the prudent person who sees danger and we take refuge and we change and we choose a new path. Help us to experience the relief that you have for us. We love you, God. We pray this all in Jesus' name, amen.